Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. No, it is not the 50 most relevant. It is that time in the preseason where we start getting other members of the Coaches Panel back in to start looking at all the strategy, all the plans, all the stuff we need to be considering as we enter into round one. Joining me on this episode, the 2020 DT champion, fellow co-founder, and he might be in a mood today, which could be fun for us. I've got Rids. Hello, mate. How are you? Yo, I've been standing in line at Aldi for over an hour, MJ. <laughs> it's like idiot city out there. Just stay home if you're listening to this. Don't go out. They're idiots everywhere. Oh, it's, you know it's going to be a good episode, friends. Well, we've got, this is how we're starting it off. I've also got uh, Louis, mate. Hello, buddy. How are you? Good, mate. Glad to be here. Well done on the 50 Most Relevant. It's been a fantastic series, but oh, I'm just keen to get stuck into some, some pre-season stuff and some strategy talk as well in the next couple of weeks. It's exactly what we're here to do. We'll get to some of our Patreon questions. If you want to find out more about how you can become a Patreon, get exclusive content and a bunch of other stuff, all the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. Want to talk some strategy um, as we kind of approaching the preseason and the club to club practice matches. But Ritz, it is a weird time in the fantasy preseason, isn't it? We've got intra-club matches going on. We are getting some injury news. We're also not really seeing all that much happen and unfold just yet in the preseason, are we? And there's no BBL. No, that's true too. Nothing to watch. Usually people have BBL to kill the time. So, yeah, nah, there's, I don't know anymore. I don't know what to do at this time of the year. It's like we've already done enough research. We've got the structures right. We know the options. We know the combinations. We end up just sitting around, just scratching our shoulders and, you know, just waiting for the big stuff to start happening, don't we, really? It, it certainly feels that way. And so, Louis, what do we do in that kind of in-between time where we're not where we're seeing games, we're actually seeing things not of a two squads of 44 turning into two teams, um, but we're actually getting team v team action. How should we be approaching these last couple of days before we do get some of these practice and Maynard Community Series games? Oh, just really solidifying your structure and who you're actually keen on. I mean, if you go back to, I'm sure some people were already looking at their their fantasy teams in October last year and yeah. right through this whole preseason. If you were keen on that player, you're keen on them for a reason. You've found the reason why. Maybe you've cherry-picked. That doesn't matter. But changing this sort of stuff based on of somebody that was track watching, watching the, uh, the intra club on the weekend said, this bloke's going to explode. You know, it's just bringing in variables based off no data at all. And then you start making silly little adjustments to your team. I don't, I can't blame anybody for it. It can be a long preseason. You just want to, you want to get stuck in. You want to play around with your team, have a bit of fun, but it's important to remember the fundamentals of actually having a refined starting squad where you've got a list of reasons why you're starting your players from F1 to 6, D1 to 6, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's some good advice, man. Every player you've got in your team, there has to be a narrative and a story that justifies the why. If you don't have that, okay, cool. That person's up on the chopping blocks. And 
Rids, it is that interesting time too, where I suppose while we might have our structures down pat and our players down pat, it also could be the time where coaches could clear the decks a little bit and potentially look to experiment with some structures just to see if they might see something different. Yeah, but I mean, that could also confuse you. So I, I, I like to, okay, you've got to be playing for a while to do that, okay, and understand what you're doing. You've got to take a screenshot of this team before you... But the thing is, like, what are you going to do? You're going to delete your team and then you're just going to pick this 19 out of the 22 you've already got on the screen anyway <laughs> and then swap two or three. Like, I mean, really, like, we're just getting to the nitty-gritty and... Really, we're, we're just shuffling the deck chairs, aren't we? It like, can absolutely get to that point, yeah. And at this stage, what I would recommend for people to do is get in the car, go for a drive out in the bush, up in the mountains, wherever, get away from it. Just take the family away because when the footy starts, you're not going to see them for like the better part of six months anyway. So just get out, have a bit of fun, relax. And by the time you get back, you're in the good books with the missus. Um, and if you are a, a lady listening to this, I do apologize. I'm like, you might be in the you're being generalizing in what you're saying, it's understandable, yeah, but but the thing is, like, really, like, just get away from it. Sometimes there's so much time and so many. Can I just say as well, MJ, this is the time of year that I get very, very frustrated on Twitter, on Facebook, every single idiot in the world. Is an expert at this time of year. Oh, oh I'm equal first. Well, what do you bloody do? Like, <laughs> just give yourself a break. Trust yourself. Back yeah. your gut. Get into the eye tests, which are coming up in the next week or so, and start just absolutely locking in those, you know, last-minute decisions. Yeah, well, and that's the very, very key thing. We're under a month away now from the start of round one. We will see every team, um, if you've got some level of access to whether it be a KO or a Foxtel, you're going to get some level of visibility. We'll, of course, keep you right up to date with um, reviews of those games at coachespanel.tv as they come through. So there are going to be some changes that do come. And, and in a minute, Louis, I'm keen to get your take on coaches that have gone for Aaron Hall. Again, nothing at this point in time has suggested anything more than hamstring tightness, but some coaches are going to have some concerns that currently locked into Aaron Hall. What should they do or not be doing at this point in time in the preseason? Because of course, if he's not named around one, the decision's there, but I'm keen on your take in a minute, Louis, on what we do with that player in position. But Rids, I know at coachespanel.tv, you've um, released on Sunday night, you released your um, AFL fantasy team reveal, the February edition, for us to have a quick look out of it. One of the players not in that team is Mitch Duncan. I presume that's because of the calf injury. Does this now rule him out specifically on Duncan, not just in that format? Does this now rule him out of a starting squad option for us? Yes. That was quick. Well, I mean, he's, what is he, 35? Better part of 35. He's got the old man calf already. He's had the old man calf last year. Like, I mean, how can you actually pick him with his, had an interrupted preseason? We already know, don't lose and by what you know, yeah? Yeah. Back in what you don't know, back in like what you want, you know, the potential, but like, we already know he's pretty highly priced. Now, he does represent a little bit of value because he had a few injury games last year. Sure. But, I mean, I don't have confidence, do you? 
well, no, no, 30 years of age, when you start doing soft tissue injuries frequently and the same thing. So he did a calf last preseason, calf again this preseason. Yeah, he's going to be a great yeah, scorer forget, when he's on the field. But yeesh. Don't forget, that's, that's 30 Geelong years, which really equates to about 35 normal years. <laughs> so he's out for you. Yeah, to start with, I'm not saying I won't bring him in at some stage, but okay, yeah, sure. absolutely. Long yeah, hey, all right, know, fair enough. Every year we say to people, okay, we go, if there's any signs of an injury or a knock in the preseason, just put a line through them. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't have to choose these people, yeah? He's not a clear number one forward in my eyes. I think there's about three or four that are around that ballpark. Sure. He's likely to miss games, judging from the last year or two. Mm -hmm. It's the worst, besides the old foot injury, the syndemosis, it's it's the worst injury for a preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Like you if can't you get any loads in. Now you just go, I mean, your, your fringe falls off like yours did, and Jay after the race haircut. It just <laughs> absolutely you just go alarm bells, alarm bells, alarm bells. No thanks. Even if he's named round one, it's going to be very, very limited preseason. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Pre-Christmas, everything looked to be tracking okay, but definitely uh, on this side of 2022, it is, has not quite gone to plan for Mitch Duncan. And at the intra-club match at Arden Street uh, a couple of days ago now, hamstring tightness is what the club are saying. Um, to uh, quote Aaron as he was leaving the ground, I've pinged my hammy, was what he said. Louis, is it very much the same sort of ideologies and mindset that Rid's talking about for those that were keen on Aaron Hall? Oh, look, I think given his history, it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. even we go back to last year when he was the top defender for us, people were still worried about trading him in because the years before that, he just didn't have that rock solid, well, job security firstly but also the body just kept letting him down so i think when you're paying what 914k in defense then yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you know it's 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 a lot of money to pour into one player who's not going to be 100 fit or he's going to be a little bit underdone so you know if you don't have a, a whitfield or, or a lloyd the defender status uh, actually drops off really largely like yeah you could go down to a to a Jaden Short, he's probably going to go 95 plus. But yeah. when you are paying 915K, you're expecting 110 plus. I mean, that's what you're paying for. So in that sort of move, I'd be going, well, George Hewitt, for example, or James Sicily. These guys yeah. have roles that should be inducive of fantasy scoring. I can go down pocket four or 500K going to these guys. And I just have a slight restructure. Maybe I've got a mid price in the midfield section. I put 400, 500K on their head. I'm back up to 915K. You can get Clayton Oliver for that. What's he going to go week in, week out? 110, 110, 110. <laughs> He's played 22 games for the last, what, three, four, five years since five he years, debuted. Yeah. yeah, yeah he, so he best, yeah. It's just about restructuring and not damaging your team at the same time. Where can I get the equivalent points, even if it's not in that defender line, which... Um, maybe that is the move to punt defenders a little bit this year. But uh, in saying that, like I said, the gap between the best and the next best is, is going to be larger than people think, I believe. Yeah. And MJ, I just want to jump in for a sec here. Please. Now, Aaron Hall is intriguing me, Rodio. Mm. 
The only difference between Hall and Duncan is I think if Hall plays every game, he's the number one defender by a good 10 points to the next guy. Yep. So I know that's a big if. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to take a risk on anyone, it would be the number one, clear number one in that line. In I a think. line. So I, I could see why people would stick with Hall. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if you do stick with him, don't come whinging in two weeks' time if he does him another M, yeah? Well, I think that's the mindset is now you've got to, you're knowing the risk that is there and it is not just a hypothetical risk that existed back in 2019 or 2020. It's now something as relevant as the middle of February this year. So I agree. If you're going to pick him, um, go for it. And I think that's the, that is the contrasting difference between the two. Duncan, not clear number one. There's candidates. Hall, we know that role. When he got in there, is not just as good, better than any other defender we have available to us in 2022. Is there any other players, boys, I suppose, as we do enter these preseason games? Um, I suppose we talked about Ridge when we, we did the um, 50 most relevant episode of Braden Maynard. We talked about if his role is through the midfield in the Maynard community series, jump on. If it's not, a bought button needs to get hit and go find another defender in that range. Are there any players for you that you're watching roles for in the preseason? Same with you, Louis, after Rids, that you go, okay, if they have this role, you're in. If you don't have this role, are there any of those 50-50 players you're keeping an eye on over the next few weeks? No. Okay. So Maynard, is it? Or not even Maynard now? No, not even Maynard, because they're talking about Maynard sitting on a wing. You don't want Maynard sitting on a wing. No. I'd rather sit on a bus stop. (laughs) (laughs) Serious, like... Sit in the alley I mean, you're the toughest guy at your club playing on a wing. Are they even legit with that? I hope not. That that stinks, yeah? So... Yeah, if you're playing Maynard up the ground, it's a CBA guy in my eyes. Um, play a side bottom, put Pendlebury on the outside, do something. But yeah, not your tough guy. What about for you, Louis? Is there anybody that you go, look, role dependent, you're in or out, or is it pretty much? Um, definitely, happy? yeah. And it's mostly to split hairs as well. So if I'm in the preseason and I'm choosing between, let's just say Heaney and Butters, one's sure. got 30% CBAs, the other one's got 70% CBAs. They're both at the same price. Um, that's probably where I'm going to split the hair and go, okay, well, this is the guy who's going to have that midfield time. I'd rather take the punt on him, given yep. the data and be wrong, than go for a Hail Mary on the guy that's at 30% and then have that 2020 vision where you go, well, he didn't have that nice role that I saw in the preseason and you know, I've cooked it basically. But there's quite a few guys that I think I'll be watching pretty carefully. I'll just name two in Butters and Heaney. Yeah, um, George Hewitt's another one. Uh, w- let's let's be honest. We know he's going to get that role. It's just yeah, about passing so. the eye test. Now that's probably more that it comes into another one. Braden Pruce, who I know um, you two are really keen on. Yes. If he's the number one ruck, then obviously you're just unloading on that. But if there's a really like poor split, or if he's not fit, then all of a sudden the role watch comes contrary, and you look at it the other way. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, we were going to mention it coming a little bit later on in the podcast. Tony's asked it as one of our Patreon questions, but because Louis brought it up there, 
Rids, um, let's talk about Braden Pruce and, and also keen on your take on it, Louis. He, the question Tony's asked is this. What do we do if Pruce goes down early at R2? This is for Supercoach. Um, I suppose the premise could work the same for the other formats, given they're all very, very similar now with the multiple trades a week, 35. MJ, you've been, you've been doing this with me for the better part of 10 years, yeah? Yes. I hate this question because why are you highlighting one mid-price guy? Choose a mid-price guy on any line. Choose uh, anyone. Choose Aaron Hall. Choose Mitch Duncan. Choose whoever. What are you going to do if someone gets injured? Trade. Who cares? The thing is you trade them. Yep. Like, don't we have trades at the start of the year? I would suspect this year it's even easier in Supercoach and in Dream Team to address a failed mid-price move because of the five trade boosts that you've got. So previously yeah. where you might have had a week where you go, oh, I'm going to have to roll a Haze or a Combin or, a, or whoever it is, or even cop a donut. Um, forbid that might even happen to you. There is no excuse now. With three trades available to you in a week in those two formats and the utility position in available to you in AF, I agree. I just think it's there's no it's way you a, don't make a trade. Why? Why? Why ask the question? So let's just say, okay, I'm going to start Riley O'Brien. Okay, sure. at R2. R2. Oh, what happens if Riley O'Brien starts 2022 the same way as 2021? Well, I've Ooh. got a decision. Yeah, I've yeah. got to either trade him or I've got to go somewhere else. I, if you start Gorn and Grundy. And Gorn's averaging 80 over the first three rounds, and mm. Bruce is averaging 80 over the first three rounds. Are you pulling the trigger? You did mm. go send and forget. Are you going to trade Gorn to the Bruce? There's so many variables that I think people are crazy. You're overthinking it. Just have your get out strategy if it does go awry, and just make sure you're ready to pull the trigger and do your plan. So we've got a boost in Supercoach and Dream Team, yeah? So yes. we could just go, you know what? I can't do anything, but I chose this guy with the money that I was going to use with Proust. So I'm going to do a boost, and I'm going to get Proust up to whoever, Joe Bloggs, um, and away we go, and we forget that we even started with Proust. So MJ, yep. only two or three years ago, we were talking about Sam Jacobs, you know? Mm -hmm. Same place, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I won a comp starting Sam Jacobs, I think, two years and ago. I, or... And I think about four or five weeks into the year, maybe not even that, it was clear of, oh, no, this is not the Sam Jacobs of Adelaide, whether it be physical abilities, game style, or a combination of unknown variances. It was move quick. And, and because success in these games, regardless of the one you play, is trading. It is exactly. all about trading, not about your starting squad. You could start the same starting squad as quote-unquote expert that you've copied from when they did a team reveal, but the difference between them and you is the trades they make in the season and the timing thereof. And the, the biggest thing about this, okay, is we are more than happy to pull the trigger for a rookie-to-rookie -rookie sideways trade after two rounds. Correct. Some of us are even doing it after one round. Yeah, if they see enough, yep. So why do we care? Like, just as long as there's a rookie option that plays and you've got a plan B to get out of it, or 
you utilise, and you might see my AFL fantasy team tonight, but I've stuck Bailey Williams at F6, yeah. and I've got Hollands at F7. Yeah, with a Combins in there. R3. Yeah. So that means if Proust doesn't get up for a week, you know what? I just do a quick swap a and I've got the rookie on the field that 99% of the comp already have on the field. Yeah, that's right. It's Louis, is it as simple as for the reason that people get so panicked about Bruce as opposed to other mid prices? Is it just because of the themed or thought ruck positional scarcity of, is it as narrow as that where they're just thinking about a line and not thinking about their squad of 30 overall? Oh, I think it does come down to that, MJ. I mean, when you talk about what can go wrong if Bruce misses, if he's injured, if he gets dropped, all that. Well, um, as Rids so well put, it, it's just simple. You restructure. When you started your team, you went, okay, I'm going to save the money in this line and use it in another because I'm identifying that I think Bruce is going to take me further along, whether he goes 70 or 75 as an average. Who knows? It remains to be seen. But on that other end, I've been able to get another player up to a big dog. So maybe I've got one of your boys, Josh Kelly, there instead, Ooh. MJ, you know? So it's about, like Rid said, you've got to have your plan B. At worst case scenario, okay, I'm going to have to choose one of my premiums that hasn't um, fired a shot yet. It's been four rounds of football. Unfortunately, you've got to go, mate. See you later. I'm going to bank 600K and then go to the next Ruckman. You might not even go to the set and forget option. It might not have revealed itself yet. You might still climb that. You might have Bailey Williams, which is another good plan B. It's just, it's, that's why it's such a good question from our Patreon is what do I do if? That should be the question that you've got with every single one of your players. I and mean, it comes down to the seven Ps. Proper planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance. Oh, a Tony Robbins go. speech from Louis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think that's good, man, because we've got it for every player, don't we? All 30 options. What happens if Dean doesn't debut at round one and you've got him penciled in as your D6? What happens if Jack Steele goes only 110 over the first two weeks and yet you're paying him for him to be a Mr. 120 plus? What happens if Josh Dunkley through the preseason has a horrible mid-forward split? I think you're right, man. As long as you've got a plan B for every avenue and option, you're going to be okay. And you don't need to do like, um, it's almost, a, I think there's certain widgets and add-ons you can add into like different computer programs, which is uh, if X happens, then do Y. That's almost the approach of if this happens, well, then trade that. If this person goes out injured, make this move. If this person has a poor Maynard community series, then do this. I, I think it's as simple as that. I think it's some good advice. I'll, I'll throw you one too, MJ. Oh, yeah. Just you looking at it the other way, um, a lot of people are going, oh, well, no, I won't take the risk on Bruce. I'm going to go to Riley O'Brien. I can oh see the God. upside there. He's He might go 95, what have you. I haven't, sure. And they're going there because they don't see the value in Gorn, which is fair enough. Understandable. But then you can look at it the other way. Well, what happens if Rob doesn't fire? What happens if Rob gets injured? Are you, are you going like he did up last to Gorn, yeah. Yeah. who you didn't start because of value reasons? Or maybe you think he can only go, I don't know, between 102 and 105 if Jackson has more ruck time? Or yeah. are you going to go back down? It's These are the questions you've got to ask yourself. Yeah, go to the bridge. So, MJ, don't forget this time last year, the same questions were being asked about Matt Flynn. They were. 
Lloyd meet Matt Flynn, you know, we got name after name. Oh, what happens if, oh, what happens? Yeah, so what? Just move on. Play the game. It's a game. No one can, no one knows the future. You just no got to pick your, trust your eyes. If you're watching GWS preseason game and Bruce is playing, okay, that's a big positive for a start if he's playing. Yeah. And then number two, he plays well. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about a guy who almost kept out Goldstein a couple of years ago yeah. from North Melbourne. That's very true. This guy is actually a very, very, very decent ruckman. We're not talking about, you know, the who are the guys that I'm like, who are the idiots that we've played with years gone by, you know, the ones that get moved from Tom Campbell or whatever else. The you Phillips, know, the Campbells. The, yeah, it sort of just guys, seems yeah. like a ringer in. We've got options this year, yeah? We have we've got options. We've got Bailey Williams. Now, every, like, if you have a look at Nick Nathaniewi, everyone's going, oh, no, his time on ground worries me. Well, that mm. just means whatever that minus 100 is what Bailey Williams should be playing in the rough. Yeah. Plus, they've got no forwards anyway. Well, and Alan's out injured. <laughs> so, I mean, the guy's going to play, yeah? If he's fit... With what else is happening around them, we know Darling at time of recording is not currently at the club for health reasons. Um, Kennedy's on his last legs. They've let Brander go. He's the next best tool they've got sitting there. And GWS went out and they chased Braden Proust at the start of last year, two years ago, whatever it was. I don't know, every year scrolls in. The past two years, it's all felt the same, man. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, okay, they're actually big on this guy being the number one. Plus, I, I don't know. I, I owned Matt Flynn last year for a while. Geez, that guy can take a mark. He is an oh, absolute yeah. perfect foil for Braden Proust playing as a forward. I think he's a better forward than he is a ruck. He, he feels like that perfect guy to sit alongside the Himmelberg, the green when he's there, and be the down-the-line forward market. And like Louis, you said, oh, yeah. There's something about that guy forward of the ball. He's not the smoothest mover, but you're right. Cheesy looks good when he's in that offensive moment. And they've lost the target up there too in Finlayson. So That's true. there is a spot there for him. I think those guys would work well in tandem. And at the end of the day, he was headhunted. We saw last year that Briggs and Flynn were able to come in and play a role, but they mm-hmm. still brought Mummy in every second week. Yeah, 35 years old, just to do the the grunt stuff in the midfield that clearly Briggs or Flynn weren't bringing. So um, there's going to be a clear instruction to Proust to say, hey, this is what we want that we're not getting currently. If you can do that, then R1 is yours. Yeah, I think so. And again, if not, adjust, make a trade, change your structure. It's okay. It's not round one. It's yep. round one. This is when you got the most trades and you got all year to recover that 40 points you might have lost. 100%. Like, why, why are people so silly with this? This is every year we, and I tell you, every year I've been playing for 25 years and every year's the same thing. Oh, what about <laughs> so-and-so? Oh, what about so-and-so? You know what? Jump at those shadows, do whatever. Because I can tell you now, if Braden Priest plays, and I know it's a big if, and I know yeah, there's sure. always things to get through, Rio. But sure. if he plays, I mean, surely he's an 80 all day, is he not? Yeah. How many time. more rookies do you think you can absolutely guarantee at those price ranges 
to yeah. give you 80 return. Well, I don't think you can. And that should be the question. What if Braden Proust does go 80 and the other That's guy right. that I got up in the midfield goes 110? Yeah, you can yeah. totally flip the tables on it. Yeah. yeah. I think the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages there. I, I agree. We, we often do the what if in the confirmation bias of our perspective. And great coaches look at all angles and elements of it and then make an informed decision off the back of that. So, look, I, yeah, I'm on the Proust train. This is what I was saying, MJ, this is what I was saying. Everyone's an expert at this time of year, right? Yes. But this is why these questions keep going over and around and around the circles because everyone's an expert. Oh, yeah, we're going to analyse this. We're going to ask those questions on every forum. Like, I mean... It's just too much. Go get a yeah. wife and chill out, you know? <laughs> and back your call in. At the end of the day, if someone agrees or disagrees with you, you've got to, as long as you've got a narrative, it doesn't matter. Um, it's your team. Make your choice and knock yourself out off it either way. And own it. Own it. You know what? Yeah. You don't need to be answerable to anyone. You pick someone so because you like to watch them. Guess what? It's your team and this is only a game. Move on. Yeah, I think it's some good advice, man. Is, I'm not picking some... my team because you don't like Bruce, MJ. Put it that way. No. No, no. So I don't all. care. I don't know. I know everyone wants to know everyone's business in Twitter land and everything else sure. these days. But really, come on. I, I would actually rather do really well in fantasy when it comes to August than win over the public opinion in March or in February. And so back yourself in, get it done. And make those trades that will actually make the difference because, as you've both said multiple times, those first two, three, four, five weeks, you're just sorting out the things that have need to change because something in the game has changed. Is there any mistakes, Louis, that you see people constantly making or trends that you're seeing coaches make at the moment that, that you want to call out at the moment and just encourage people to move away from those? Or is it more just more of the same old, same preseason stuff you see? Yeah, it is more of the same old, I think, MJ. This time of year is so tricky. And we were talking before the podcast. And at this time of the year, everybody is right because there's just no data yeah. to suggest otherwise. And we're not going to know until the preseason games. And then to further on to that, we're not really going to know until round six anyway. And, and sometimes it can take a whole season. So at this point, yes, everybody is right. But um, one of the big mistakes I am seeing people um, do, which we have rolled over a couple of times in this podcast is just the constant adjustments to their team their structure uh, yeah. based on a match report of an intra-club oh this guy's <laughs> killing it versus the north melbourne midfield i can't believe it he's going to be a gun this year you know all that sort of stuff yes it's okay to just play with your team and see how it works but it's important to remember the fundamentals of it all and why you're building this starting team and it's to get the most value for money and and to make your team with a clear mind with your own thoughts and not be persuaded by, you know, some random track watcher or some random journalist and, and what have you. So I'd just be saying, take screenshots of your team that you like, use the star system in AFL fantasy. You can mark your players. Okay. Here's 40 guys I'm keen on before I go into the preseason games so that I don't get too led astray on a, on a Jordan Clark or a Tom Phillips, somebody who, I wasn't interested in or wasn't touching before I saw a preseason game. Cause sometimes that's when you can actually catch yourself out and go, well, hang on, you know, I'm only bringing in this guy because he's the hype player because everyone's saying he's a must have uh, Joe blow can call someone a must have. It doesn't mean that they're going to be a good scorer. 
when it comes to the real stuff. So um, I, I would just underline all that by saying, just don't be too reactionary. You've done a lot of your research. You've got your squad of players that you like. Yep. And use that to split hairs, to get affirmations, to rule players out. No, they don't have the role. All right, you're out. You're out. Just all of the above. Yep. I think it's good. Anything else from you, Rids, before we hit some of our Patreon questions off the back of that? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go on the same path as what I was a minute ago. Just because someone's active on a forum or a Facebook group doesn't mean they actually know what they're doing. Hmm. That's true. Trust, trust yourself before you go trust in some random you don't even know yep yep i think that's some good advice i think that's some really really good advice let's hit a couple of patreon questions we've kind of knocked out a few of them as we've worked through this episode there's not as many to go because we deliberately tried to make sure that we're answering the things that um our fantasy footy community that follow us and are a part of what we do absolutely knock it out through there so hopefully that's helped a couple of you um Tony uh, has got a super coach question. Rids will throw it over to you because uh, I don't know if Louis plays super coach. He's an AF and a DT boy, but eventually we'll bring him over to the dark side too. But he's got four premiums. Um, what's your four take on him? Four premiums in the whole team. That's in the awesome. midfield, mate. You, yeah, just four well. premiums. Yeah, he's going well. He's playing it like AF. Steel, okay. Titch, Track, and Neil. Any obvious big premiums he's missing in that line? And there's about 45 listed, isn't there? Well, he's gone for four in the midfield. Yeah, but, but there's 45 in the list, in the mid list. So no one is missing. Premiums. Okay. Yes. I mean, who knows? Just toss a coin. Okay. Um, I reckon, uh, say that again, Steel. So Steel, Mitchell, Petrarca, and Neil. Anything obvious that he's missing out of there? Because we, again, we know people have different flavors of how they want to build their side. Yeah, but I don't know if he doesn't like Jackson McRae or if he just doesn't like points or I don't know what his goal is, you know. If he doesn't like points, well, I mean, obviously you'd be anti-Jack McRae because that's all he does is score points. Mr. 120 and Supercoach, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he averaged, what was it, 130? I think just shy of 130 last year, yeah. We did the pod the other day for him. Lowest score of 97 in Supercoach last 22 year. games in 2021. Only one score under 100 in Supercoach, and that was 97. Yeah, the kid can play, hey. If you're not starting Jackson McRae, in Super there's got to be a reason. Now, I'm not saying he's must-have, because I don't believe in must-have. Sure. I think you'll find that I don't even have him in my AF team later this time. Yes. Uh, well, maybe or before. It's already it's, up it's now at coachespanel.tv. It's already there. Yeah, so a couple of days ago then. Um, but the thing is, okay, you don't need to start everyone. But the no. question was, is he missing someone? Well, the, I mean, Jackson McRae? That, that, it's a fairly good one to call out. That, that someone's missing so that's all right uh next question uh in fact last one we'll go because there's a couple that we've already ticked off along the way david wants to know louis keen on your take here who are some of the best rookies across the line so i'll walk you through line by line louis in the back line i know every format has different price points and yada 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 but in the back line is there any really obvious rooks that we should be considering in the back line Oh, it looks like Josh Sin and Campbell Chesser, they're going to go pretty close to getting a round one debut. So yeah. there's someone you could look at at D6. Or um, you've also got Garrett Madone. He's a mature ager at Essendon. He's Dean got to be worth a look in. Yeah. Um, Dean at the Pies, he's a roughhead replacement. So he might have a couple of games there. Um, but 
Rids and I were talking during the week. That might be some serious job security issues with that as well. Yeah, you could um, get burnt three or four weeks in if you're not too careful with him. Through the midfield, I, I think most are very, very uh, across Horn Francis, Dacos, Ward. I, I don't think there's any shocks there for people um, to pick arguably three of the best midfielders that have come through in the AFL draft. Are there any other kind of pretty obvious midfielder cows we should be looking at? Uh, you should certainly be looking at James Cetus at the Suns yes. if he plays round one. McGarry medalist, averaged over 100 fantasy points uh, and I think over 110 super coach points. Yeah, the kid can play. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he's someone who I'd, I'd be comfortable with him, mate, especially with looks like Greg Clark's hurt his arm and he might not be available yeah. round one now. So um, James Cetus for sure. Arif McInnes is pretty close apparently and a mm-hmm. um, little bit of bias, but Jackson Meads um, turning a lot of heads as well at Port Adelaide. And, looks good, doesn't uh, he? Just, yeah, catching up on that intra-club. Uh, he did look pretty good. And that's that's one thing I'll just go over is um, I know you can't take too many things out of intra-clubs, but rookies, it almost works the other way. Where if you can go, well, hang on, this guy is really, you know, taking it up to another level here, then mm. he can go on your list. I'm not, not saying, oh, he walks up into the team. Sure. Um, because there's going to be older heads who take it easy and all of that sort of stuff. But that's where you can start to do your rookie rankings and go, well, if this guy's playing this role internally, he's doing well, he's getting glowing reviews. Maybe he's got the fantasy pedigree at a junior level or at the state level when he's playing in the VFL, Sample, what have you. Um, then that's when you can prioritize a guy like that too. Yeah, so I just no. want to call out another one too, oh, MJ. Please, yes. 26-year-old mature age midfielder for Western Bulldogs, Robbie McComb. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep a sneaky eye on him. I reckon he's just about to sneak into their best 22 for round one. Okay. And playing through the midfield, do you think? Or yes. maybe a mix and match? Okay. Well, that could be. If you end up at a club like the Dogs and you've got fantasy chops like he does, well, hello, boys, is all I can say to that one. Um, well, well, so we've got guys like um, in the last couple of years, we've got quite a few Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs seems to be one of those... Mm. Um, serious death um, through the midfield and everything else. And we tend to rule them out straight away. Yeah. But we've got a lot of examples in the last few years of them giving guys a bit of a run. Anthony Five, six Scott, times early. McNeil. Yep. Yes. You know, there's, a, there's heaps of examples over the last few weeks. Vandermeer. Yep. Butler. There's West, a guy Butler, called yeah. McComb and there's another guy called Parker. They're two that you might want to just keep it. Sneaky little eye on the Parker's a mid-forward too, I believe, as well. So just keep a, a little eye there. Let's go back, Louis, in the rucks. It does feel like there's a bit of a merry-go-round of some R3 ruck candidates we could use as cows, isn't there? Yeah, and it looks like the one who's probably on top of that is Sam Hayes, uh, who most people are all across. Obviously, he's going to be the next in line behind Lysette and mm-hmm. probably pushing to be playing in a, in a dual ruck setup with him too, I, I'd suggest. Uh, then it drops down to like a Charlie Combin who does have that ruck status, but it looks like he's going to be more of a forward for North, which um, certainly isn't going to be too inducive of fantasy scoring. And then really it it, uh, it drops off quite a bit where there's some guys developing. I know I know um, you, Reeds, you were quite keen on, I think a bloke from the Gold Coast or the Saints, uh, 190k ruckman. Yeah. Um, was that Moyle? Moyle of the Suns. Yeah. Because I don't think Chol is uh, out and out 
pure number one ruck. And yeah, I think Wits, Wits is, I would say, touch and go to start the year. Um, just my gut feel coming back from a knee. Yeah, he's not um, been cleared just yet to play for those curious. So I would say keep an eye on Moyle um, because he may actually be one that actually gets a game quickly. Now, there's also that North Melbourne fella too, was there not? Um, Combat with yeah. Oh, Edwards, Jacob Edwards. Yeah, is the other one. He he and Moyle were both mid-season picks in the draft last year. So, yeah, Edwards the, is the other ruck forward. It does feel like North have been stocking that forward yeah, and ruck forward stacked, option yeah. with Cherry, CCJ, um, Edwards, who you mentioned there as well, as well as Combat. So they're, they're going okay from a key position standpoint. And I'm um, just going to call out another guy as well. Please. I don't think... Carlton will go back to Peter Net if um, anything happens to Deconi. Yes. Um, just keep a sneaky eye on Murkov as well. Along, he's a young Russian. Um, we know the young Russians love the rucks. So I think um, there was one famous guy for Richmond only a few years ago, and Joe, that came from the Crows. Yeah, and the big Ivan was a very good man. That, that is for sure. An absolute legendary human being uh, is big Ivan. Uh, and then forwards... The obvious one is probably Elijah Hollands, who we talked about in the 50 most relevant. Louis, any other forward cows across the formats that we should really be considering and keeping an eye on heading into these preseason games? Yeah, I see a few, MJ. But what's funny and what's different on previous years is that it seems like this year we don't have that rookie forward depth, whereas years gone by, it's, you know, how can I fit these five guys who are debuting into my side because we don't have enough midfielders or we don't have enough defenders. So... Um, this year around, it's a little bit different. Elijah Hollands is the obvious one. Sam DeConning uh, at mm-hmm. Geelong, he's going to be someone who should get a gig. He's got that deaf forward status too. So when you start talking Maybe. about versatility with your trades, that could come in handy. Charlie Parker, we touched on. Um, and, and even like a Will Kelly, who's also got that deaf forward status, could come in handy when you start thinking about how can I be agile during the season with my trades. Yeah, it's good. And I just want to jump in here as well. There's three guys for Carlton that I would stay away from. Okay. Mm. They're all small forwards. Just stay away from them. That's um, Corey Durden. You're looking at Sam Philp. Um, yes, it is at my F8. Okay. For um, AFL Fantasy. Mm. But I think he's got, he's had a massive preseason and he may very well get quite a bit of games under his belt. Mm. And the other one was the guy that they're talking up, um, the Motlob boy. Um, yep. There's also a guy from Louis' side of the world that might be interested. I believe Port picked up a guy that might have that deaf forward status as yeah, well. Yeah, Sam Skinner. Skinner. Yeah, yep. so he's obviously been identified as a, a need in the to- in the team. You don't pick up 24 year old blokes um, for no reason. With, with, yeah. yeah, with that much state league experience as well. I think he's had two years out of the game. They don't bring them in just to you know pay them. Um, on the books and just have them basically play for the Sandful side. They can do that anyway. So yeah. he's been brought in to fill a hole. Uh, look, Trent McKenzie isn't a lock in that side. Um, yeah. Tom Clory at times, I think he even got dropped last year. He isn't did, a yeah. lock in that side. Alir Alir is very much the intercepting player. He's not going to be a one-on-one defender, which is what oh. Sam Skinner is. Uh, so he's someone that I could easily see uh, debuting round one as well. Thanks, Rids. I think... Uh, he's someone who I'd be happy on field, in fact, with what he was able to do in the Sandville finals, intercepting mm. across half back 
And uh, and just one more as well is Josh Rochelle, which you might be able to shed some light on too, MJ. Yeah, so um, Crows are in love with this guy. Real X-factor option. He'll play a lot of forward minutes this year. I think um, for the sake of the club's rebuild, he'll need to pick up a few more mid minutes, but he, he's built like a, a fully grown adult right now. So he, he'll definitely get his fair share of games through there. The split of mid forward is what's going to determine whether or not that ceiling kind of goes much past 45-50. We know the Crows forward line won't be the busiest place yet again in 2022, but if he can get some midfield moments... There's something there. McGuinness at Hawthorne's another one, a mid-forward. I've got a few more names too, MJ. Yes, yes. Okay, so Paddy McCartan is one across the formats that may be an interesting one, especially if he locks down a full-back position at the Swans. Yep. Um, there's a guy up in Brisbane. Now, there's one guy that I'm really, really interested Oh, There's two guys from Brisbane that I'm really, really interested in the preseason games. But Thomas Berry is definitely one. Yep. Um, and the other one's um, Coleman. I would love yes, to Kitty see Coleman. both of them. Um, there's a guy that I think is the absolute ready-made Kobe Green replacement early in the season in Connor Stone. Yeah, um, So I think he gets games as well. And there's a guy over from the Adelaide Crows that you might recognise called uh, Pedler. Um, Kid goes very okay. high draft pick from last year. Um, I think with the addition of Rochelle that Pedler is potentially going to get less forward time minutes and more mid-time minutes. But, MJ, I'll let you, you see. I reckon they've just got to get games into this guy. I think that's the point where the clubs are. Any rebuilding club has eventually start. You invest a heavy round, early round draft pick on a guy. So Pedler's got to not just be playing through that midfield forward line, but also up through the midfield and, and I'm seeing going to him and Schonberg and others. Yep, go. Last one. Yeah, I got. I, got, I started talking about the Crows and lost interest. Sorry. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, there's a guy at my club, Richmond. Now, he sounds like a deodorant, Hugo Ralph Smith. Yeah. But really, um, he was absolutely electric on the weekend from the inter-club game, and he played a lot across half-back. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say he's the Hawley replacement because I think Rioli has been um, primed for that role. But sure. keep a sneaky eye on Hugo Ralph-Smith. All right. There you go. There's a couple of cows for you to keep your eyes on through these preseason games. The good news is if you join our Patreon supporter group, uh, we'll actually do a full cash cow guide with analysis on every single player, their likelihood of games. Uh, we're going to help you with that. So at coachespanel.tv, our Patreons will get that at the end of the Maynard community series. Hey, Louis, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure to have you on these episodes, mate. No, thanks, boys. Enjoyed it. And Reed's always a pleasure, man. Good work from you. Yeah, but I've also got two um, kids that we played very, very fantasy relevant a few years back, okay? Oh, yes. Sam Sturt, Willie yes. Rioli. Keep yeah, a keep sneaky eye. eye on both of those guys um, because they are actually quality. Yeah, and they're best 22. Um, and there's another one at Geelong. You're one of your former boys and one of my former boys in Tyson Stengel. Tyson, so he can play. There's, a, there's actually a lot of depth around that forward line, but it's... It's got to look a little more. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it is offset a little more by the amount of value we've got in that line too. Again, depending on the format, you can get guys like Keneally and Gresham for under 300K in Supercoach. So 
it, it's it's definitely not a disastrous year through there. As always, mate, an absolute pleasure. If you want to go and check out this podcast uh, back again, or the 50 most relevant or any that had come through the preseason, you go and check them out through Spotify and Apple Podcast Series. Articles dropping really regularly for you at coachespanel.tv. The links for the Patreon supporter group are there if you want to join in on some of the official Coaches Panel groups and open leagues. All the links are up there for that and a bunch of other stuff. Coachespanel.tv is the place for you to get all of that this preseason. More podcasts to come, and we can't wait to chat with you right throughout this preseason for your Fantasy Footy 2022 year.